Hello, you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, Ontario. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to the Kingston Curator. In this episode, we're going to get into the upcoming Aquanova exhibition being displayed at the Isbell in September, speaking with the Aquanova Collective, which includes Sadaf Amini, Kay Kenny, Josh Lyon, and Don Maynard. Aquanova will be an hour-long performance of music, dance, and large-scale video projections in the foyer of the Isbell on the evenings of September 10th and 11th. Without further delay, please enjoy this series of interviews with the Aquanova Collective. Did you both want to introduce yourselves? Sure, go ahead, Sadaf. Okay, yeah. Um, my name is Sadaf Amini. Um, I'm a musician and I play a santur, an Iranian musical instrument. Um, yeah. <laughs> and my name is Kay Kenny. I'm a dancer, um, instructor, and choreographer here in Kingston. Um, and I am a part of Aquanova Collective. Awesome. And just to give people some context about who you both are, did you both want to share where you got your start in music and dance? Sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I started when I was um, younger and um, I went to music school instead of at like normal high school. And then I attended um, music university to study music, performance, playing santur. And um, for my master's degree here in Canada um, at U of T, I studied music technology, which I learned more about recording music application, um, mixing and these kind of things. Um, yeah, so that was briefly. Yeah, and um, I started my career in dance at a very young age. I actually started dancing at the Kingston School of Dance in the Tet Center. Um, and then I left, I graduated from high school and I moved to Ottawa to study in the professional contemporary dance program at the school of dance. Um, and then I was kind of traveling in between, uh, the bigger dance cities, uh, Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa for the last, uh, 10 ish years. Um, and I've just, well, in 2016, I rooted myself back in Kingston and I really, um, started trying to get, you know, dance up and coming here in the city. And now I am, uh, the artistic director of the Kingston school of dance where it all started. So it's pretty cool to be back in the city where I started everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Perfect. And how did each of you get involved with Aquanova collective? Um, I think Don invited me to this project when he saw one of my performances before this project and um, I was playing Santur on that project and he said it's kind of an imaginary um, um, music that you play and I um, like to invite you to work on this project. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Don reached out to me in I think we had our first meeting in March of 2020. So lots of um, things were going on in the world and um, we had never worked together before. I'm not even sure if he had seen my work, but another um, member of the collective, Josh Lyon and I had some uh, creative exchanges in the past. So I'm Josh recommended me to be um, the choreographic consultant for for the collective and for this um, new show that we're putting on. Awesome. Yeah. And Kate, are, are you in the projections or is it live performance? Um, it's both. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So there's going to be a live dance component and uh, there's going to be dance on screen as well as um, some moments of a lot of community members that have helped us uh, build the images that Josh has compiled in the, in the screening. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, Sadaf, did you pull inspiration from the projections to come up with your compositions to sort of like match the vibe? Um, I, sometimes yes, uh, but for many of the sound effects and tracks that I created, I just um, uh, had the image in my mind that how it's going to be, like it's going to be dark, it's, it's out, it's uh, like in the lake or how, how it's going to be. And then um, I just went with uh, the co- like um, composition or putting the texture, audio textures and effects together. And uh, when I get the... Um, uh, it's not still a final projection, but the, the the video I I added some, or I'm still adding some uh, stuff that goes better with the uh, with the uh, video and projection material. So both I can say, yeah, sometimes um, from the video, but sometimes not. Mm-hmm, definitely. And then Kay, you're saying you're still sort of working on that choreo and stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you finding it sort of developing as you go and changing like right up to the show date? Yeah, I'm. I'm someone like. For people that have worked with me before in the choreographic process, I'm like, this is version 6.9972. Like, there's, <laughs> it's always kind of evolving and changing up until the show. And um, because the uh, Josh and Sadaf have like such big parts in this, um, it's you know, I'm I'm building my piece in chunks so that we can kind of rearrange and um, link things up where best suited to complement. Uh, either Sadaf's live playing um, or her recordings and then what's going on behind us on the screen so that we're not competing against each other for the audience's attention. Mm-hmm. And then is it all um, solo numbers or are there group numbers as well? Oh, it's it's a trio. So um, okay. I'll, I'm dancing along with Charlotte Tessier and uh, Jessica Irwin Champagne and uh, they're all uh, dancers in part of Movement Market Collective here in Kingston. Okay, perfect. And you also mm. mentioned some water stuff going to the pool. Did you do those ones too? Uh, yeah. So, um, like for the for the filming, you mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. 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 So uh, lots of the dancers have you'll you'll see us appearing on screen. Um, there's dancers. There's friends. There's family members. My my one-year-old son makes an appearance. There's, yeah, there's a lot of different people that you'll see in the water, including some of the collective members as well. Oh, cool. The exclusive, the tidbits. <laughs> yeah, the cameos, if you will. <laughs> so would you like to introduce yourself? My name's Don Maynard. I'm the artistic director of Aquanova Collective. Okay, perfect. And is Aquanova Collective under Sky? project? Uh, It isn't. Uh, It's an independent group, although many of the people who are in Aquanova Collective Mm -hmm. uh, were also part of the Sky Projects. Okay. Sky Projects was my own, um, completely my own piece, which uh, where I floated a giant screen uh, on three occasions uh, with Mm -hmm. large helium-filled weather balloons um, that was hanging over an audience about 40 feet in the sky. And then we projected original film. And after creating the original film, which was done by multiple artists, that's true, including Josh Lyon, um, I commissioned a jazz band uh, who then gave a soundtrack uh, so that they could do a live performance for the piece, for the audience. The band itself, it was interesting in the sense that the band itself was directly in the center of, um, of the whole thing. And... Uh, 
as the film was going on over their head, as I said. Okay, so it sounds like you've done uh, things similar to this before. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. I, I've done at least three Sky Projects uh, in town with multiple artists and musicians uh, who were collaborating with me on those projects. Um, the Isabel Bader Center piece, which is called Aqua Nova, is, is unique. Um, I came up with this concept about two and a half years ago. I was sitting in the foyer and I noticed these aircraft cables that extended across the entire upper reach of the windows. And having done some large projections in the past, I said, hey, I could turn this entire building into a giant aquarium and project onto it. So mm-hmm. that's the original concept. And from there, it was just <laughs> organization, hard work, and meeting with artists who I thought would be interested in the project. So uh, through a theater company outside of Toronto, we commissioned some very large scrims. They're made of voil fabric, which is a semi-translucent fabric that, interestingly enough, the projection uh, shows up on the inside as well as the outside of mm-hmm. the building. In fact, it even shows up better on the outside of the building. So the light sort of gets trapped in this material and it hangs there. And it's quite amazing. So that's kind of cool. Um, so I, first of all, connected with Josh Lyon to see if he wanted to be part of this because he and I had done a previous project a few years earlier uh, called Swimmers, which was one of my own projects where I want to develop some underwater shooting that we did at the uh, um, Artillery Park pool, where we invited uh, 24 uh, volunteer swimmers who were doing various things for us as we were shooting uh, from you know right at the bottom of the pool on, an, on the side and whatnot. And so that was presented in different contexts through Skeleton Park Arts Festival, other things I was doing outside of Toronto. And so that was our first, we got our feet wet, so to speak, me and Josh Mm -hmm. at that moment and became friends and colleagues. And so this was a natural segue, I think, uh, into doing this piece. Aquanova, of course, means new water. And um, so we were jumping off from that thing that we had already done. And then, so when we started, COVID started too, pretty Mm -hmm. much. And so everybody's had that (laughs) very long experience. And, and how quickly it changed from, you know, something very dark to something that we could possibly live with to finally, we hope, we wake up every morning and possibly we don't even think about it, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. So as the, the arc of this story uh, was created, I, I, I wrote that component. And basically, because I'm working with multiple artists, they need, uh, they need to reflect on the oval overarch way of this thing. So you have... Uh, contemporary dancers, Kay Kenny. You have Sadaf Amini, uh, contemporary Iranian santour player, uh, and Josh Lyon. And not everybody is talking to each other at the mm-hmm. same moment. Um, so Josh is definitely the lead in this, as the filmmaker, in the sense that he's developing this giant projection, which is an hour long. And then the other artists, specifically Sadaf, can then make the soundtrack for the piece, which we had done also in Sky Projects, not with Sadaf, but with other musicians. And then Kay Kinney comes in, who's also working with Sadaf to create an original dance performance of the piece. Kay Kinney was also involved in the choreography of everything we were doing for most things that we were doing in the shoots. So we probably mm-hmm. had at least seven shoots out, out in the water, out in lakes, 
uh, in swimming pools, etc. So it was, and her dancers were often uh, featured in mm -hmm. the work, uh, and and certain dance elements are in the video itself. So you mentioned how you can see it from both the inside That's and right. the outside, yeah. and you also, I from what I hear, it seems like an interactive sort of experience. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. Uh, it's. So it's, it, you can move freely through the entire space, through the interior space of the Isabel, and then move to the outside of the space anytime you want to, going back and forth to see the projection and see what it would look in that context. Just as a reminder, you know, these, this projection is 18 feet tall and 100 mm -hmm. feet long. So you have lots of room to get close to it, to get farther away from it, to see what it looks like in the context of the building and what have you. So it's a really uh, unique experience. Okay, definitely. And then um, you mentioned during COVID, you guys were all sort of working separately. Yeah, so we were doing, mm -hmm. uh, we, did, we did some in-person meetings, but primarily we did Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and as I said earlier, Josh is the lead in terms of the film, and his is really the keystone to the project in the sense of how the other artists will respond. So for instance, Kay Kenny, dancer, and Sadaf Amini, all these things, most of the, their content will be developed because they've seen the film. We only just have the final film last week. Mm -hmm. So, and we only have, you know, three weeks to go before the show. Mm -hmm. So Kay and Sadaf are very busy finalizing their sound components and their dance mm -hmm. components. Uh, like Sadaf is writing an entire score. She's writing an hour long score wow. for okay. this piece. It's, you know, symphony level of stuff going mm -hmm. on here. So, that's very exciting. So these, I'm going to call this last minute, last minute being three weeks. Uh, a lot of things are coming to there very quickly. Um, we're, uh, it's, I completely, I'm, I'm very confident and always have been in all the artists uh, in this. I know that they're independently fabulous artists on their own. And I chose them because I thought we were to some extent uh, speaking the same language. Mm -hmm from what I see in a very abstract kind of way, of course. Uh, and I knew that uh, things could easily fit together, which they have been doing really well. Definitely. Yeah. And then anyone who's kept up with the scoop or has seen it around town has seen the gorilla projections. Oh, right. Did you want to talk a bit about where you got the inspiration for that? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I have to fess up that, that it, this is my project too. <laughs> um, so I was doing, um, I, I thought it would be fun. So I, mm -hmm. I always look for a level of fun in what I do. Um, uh, especially in marketing, I suppose. Uh, so the idea was is that we would travel around with this beautifully designed um, projection um, and um, unit that could be carried anywhere uh, and set up immediately in any location and projected onto any surface. Uh, so Peter Ferran, who's, who's one of our tech guys, developed this for us. So he's been great, and he and I go to unusual locations, for instance, storefront windows, uh, a tour the Bell tour boat down at the wharf there, projecting on the side of that, uh, the archway in front of City Hall, um, in, the, in the pool there as well, uh, on top of a Murney Tower, the pavilion, etc. And so we're doing a, at least one more before the show, but I don't want to give it away yet. So that'll be the secret component. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to follow that on Instagram, let's say, to see when the next one is. But it's definitely going to be within the next two weeks. And then um, as for the actual projections themselves, yes. I know Josh is mostly responsible as the filmmaker. 
he is, but mm-hmm. he and I have talked a lot about it. And as I, mm-hmm. as I said before, or maybe I didn't mention this, this sort of narrative arc that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's not a storyboard, but a storyline. And um, it's, a, it's a, a fairly abstract film. Uh, abstract, of course, it's not. It's figurative. Of course, there's a lot of mm-hmm. swimmers, people swimming in, di- in different ways. But it's, um, it represents, uh, strongly represents feelings. Mm-hmm. So the narrative is, is, is designed sort of dark to light in terms of uh, what we are experiencing in terms of COVID, being isolated, being separated from you know, close friends and some family and this and that, uh, and learning how to live in that world. So that was, uh, for me, to some extent, depressing and created a certain level of anxiety, et cetera, which I think is common with everyone. Um, and then, so we were considering the film with that in mind, that was going on at that moment, but we were hopeful that this was all gonna work out, of course, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to make something that was um, uh, uplifting, uh, that was heroic, transformational, um, uh, at the end of this piece, at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. So you will see this arc from darkness to light, illustrated in different ways um, uh, in the way that people are engaging with water on a personal level on a spiritual level as a group uh, all of it Mm -hmm. and you're talking about this narrative arc and even um Sadaf and Kay mentioned yes they sort of like almost all did their individual thing and then it just happened to come together so as the artistic director what did that look like for you um it's uh it's something I had in mind like you can't really when, when you over um, analyze anything in, in the arts, um, it's very easy to under, misunder, you know, misunderstand what somebody is meaning specifically. So people will take their own meaning. Um, most of these artists, I, th- I think all of these artists, are fundamentally express themselves first emotionally mm-hmm. and then conceptually. So it's easier to talk with them, like myself, in, mm-hmm. in a language of feelings and emotion. Uh, rather than um, sp- specific um, concepts mm-hmm. outside of the, the generalities of what we're doing about water in the community and moving from dark to light. So they will have their own interpretations, and that's wonderful that they're all coming together. And so this is, it's also very exciting because this is the, when you're working with a group, you have to, as the artistic director, I, being an artist myself, I appreciate. Giving, having given given a lot of latitude um, in terms of uh, my creative vision for my particular part. And uh, there's always an awareness of what, to some extent, what the other people are doing, mm-hmm. but you're, you're not sure exactly. So you have to rely on your own instincts here. And so in this case, um, they generally come to... Just to start us off, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Josh Lyon, and uh, I'm a media artist, musician, and a uh, bunch of other things living in Cataraqui, Kingston. Awesome. And Don mentioned a bit how you guys knew each other way before Aquanova, but how did you get involved with Aquanova Collective? Well, Don and I have been sort of collaborating on a bunch of things over the years, mostly projects that he was spearheading uh, with his floating projection screen in the sky, the sky project stuff. Uh, and I had been doing some video work with him, both documenting that and also um, creating some of the content that he was curating for that uh, for that 
pretty unique uh, way of showing video work. And uh, so, yeah, so Don and I had worked on a bunch of stuff together. And as we had gotten, you know, as we gotten to collaborate frequently, we, you know, got to, got to enjoy working together. And then Don came up with this idea for this massive creative installation at the Isabel and, uh, and invited me to be a part of it with him as a collaborator. And, uh, and then um, we brought on Kay Kenny as the dancer and choreographer and uh, Sadaf Amini as well to do composition and live uh, Santor playing. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how the, the whole thing got started. Yeah. And I mean, you're in charge of most of the videography, a lot of the visuals. So you filmed at a lot of different locations, especially around Kingston. So I was wondering if you wanted to get into that a bit. Sure. Yeah. So the theme of the Aquanova project is uh, a lot to do with our relationship with water and uh, and being in Kingston and surrounded by the big, beautiful body of water that is Lake Ontario. Uh, we did a fair bit of filming in and on and under Lake Ontario, mm -hmm. um, as well as in a, in a few little lakes uh, just north of the city, um, where we did a bunch of different uh, dance performance and uh, other, yeah, kind of atmospheric filming. Um, and in addition to that, we also did a bunch of work at Artillery Park and were able to get in there and do some um, underwater footage in the in the pool and and that was really great because it gave us an opportunity to do some choreography and explore different kinds of movement in a very different space from the natural spaces which also gives us a nice contrast uh, different ways of being in water in different kinds of environments definitely yeah and I was also really curious because you mentioned there's ones from underwater there's ones like from way up high um, what sort of equipment did you use and were you sort of allowed to experiment with some new things for this project? Yeah, definitely. Um, we, the majority of the footage is either on or in the water. Uh, there may be a little bit of aerial as well, but mostly it's, uh, it's handheld, uh, which means using things like GoPros, 360 cameras, um, and uh, some maybe slightly questionable dive cases for my more expensive <laughs> cameras. Um, uh, yeah. Underwater equipment is generally uh, incredibly expensive to to do filming with, uh, but there are some cheaper options available. So I have a, a basically a waterproof bag that I can put my camera in and uh, and film with, uh, which always feels a little risky. But we turned out uh, mm -hmm. some beautiful footage with with that, and uh, thankfully nothing was damaged in the process. No. <laughs> Yeah, I was curious about the underwater ones. Were you actually underwater with the camera? Or were you controlling it from above? Oh no, yeah, you're 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 right in the water with the camera. Um, so I I have a fair amount of swimming experience. I have uh, I had flippers. I had a weight belt that I got for the project, uh, mask and snorkel, so that I can kind of stay underwater for prolonged periods while filming. Uh, and the weight belt is to kind of hold you down under the water because you know most people tend to be naturally at least somewhat buoyant. Uh, and that makes for it really hard to get a steady shot. Um, but uh, yeah, with a combination of those things, uh, I can kind of stay underwater for the needed time for each of the shots. Um, the other thing we did, which was a, a tip from a friend of mine, was attached a GoPro to a like a dumbbell, like a weight. And so mm -hmm. you can actually sit it on the bottom of the pool. And because of the weight, it doesn't move around at all. And so you can get really nice, stable shots from uh, from 
down inside a pool. Obviously, setting up a tripod underwater is uh, <laughs> it's complicated and uh, not great for the gear. But uh, yeah, with a number of different workarounds. I mean, the other the other thing about working in water, which I should mention, is that it is, you know, physically and mentally exhausting. Right? You, mm-hmm. It's lovely to go for a swim, and it's definitely challenging doing filmmaking on land. But when you're trying to direct people and you can't really hear because you got water in your ears or you're underwater, you're trying to control where the camera's pointing, but you're, you know, getting a lot of glare and reflections and looking through a fogged up mask and you're trying to not float away and the camera's floating away. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's incredibly challenging for, for anyone involved. And, you know, even the, the people, the dancers and the folks that we had coming out for different sessions that we were filming at the pool you know, very confident that they could do four or five surface dives in a row, sort of coming up to take a breath in between and, you know, tapping out at two or three and realizing that just the, the physicality of being mm-hmm. in water is, uh, is yeah, very, very challenging. And, uh, and yeah, it's, a, you know, interesting things to learn about yourself when you start <laughs> working in those kinds of environments. I was going to ask, um, I think you might've answered it, what your most difficult shot was to get. I imagine it's one of the underwater ones, but if you want to get a little specific, you can. <laughs> I would say for this project, we shot a huge amount of footage. And so there's a ton of stuff that uh, doesn't even end up in the, in the finished piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's common for most film projects, but uh, especially in this case, because you're sort of, a lot of it is experimenting with how can you capture bodies moving underwater? How can you do choreography underwater? Um, what kinds of things sort of work well, but also are visually engaging um, and evocative? Um, you know, when you're dealing with a GoPro, everybody knows what GoPro footage looks like. It's great for action sports <laughs> but uh but it doesn't look particularly cinematic when it comes to filming something uh that you want to create that isn't just kind of yeah an, an action sport surfing video or something like that so you know a lot of that is really challenging how do you how do you get things that actually work really well especially on such a huge screen as what we're going to be mm-hmm. creating at the isabel and then like i said working underwater and uh, working in that kind of environment is uh, is just physically far more exhausting than you expect it to be <laughs> when, um, when you're when you're dealing with with all of the gear. So yeah, so there was there was a lot of challenges along the way. Um, I don't remember a particularly challenging shoot, but I I did find all of them quite exhilarating and really fascinating to sort of I rephrase that. But like when you when you go in there with a particular idea you realize the practical reality of that idea is going to be, you know, you have to make all these adjustments on the fly and then you don't really know what you've gotten until you come back and look at it afterwards, um, which feels much more like shooting on film, right? Because when you're shooting video, most of the time you're watching on monitors, you can see exactly what you're getting. And, uh, and generally it's, you know, when you come to edit, you know what you're working with. With filming underwater, you have to imagine what you're going to get when you're actually there, you get something completely different and you don't really know what you've got until you look at it afterwards because you're just trying to stay, you're just trying to keep breathing and keep the camera still. <laughs> and, uh, <Yep>. <laughs> so there's a lot of really beautiful surprises and some stuff that we worked really hard on that uh, ended up not looking great and didn't end up in the piece. So 
you know, it's a whole, it's, it's definitely a very dynamic uh, and very different from working in any other environment kind of a project. Yeah, for sure. And I was also going to ask, it's really hard to be biased, especially as an artist, but do you have a favorite shot? Like one that just turned out way better than you expected? There was a lot of surprises uh, mm-hmm. in, in editing. There is one particular sequence that is pretty breathtaking. And it's one of those things where you don't know if it's going to work in the planning. It didn't actually feel like it worked great in the process <laughs> while we were filming it. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, and it turned out just like, just watching the footage, I like, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is something special. <laughs> so there's, a, there's an underwater sequence that we shot at Artillery Park uh, that involves some uh, silver mylar as a backdrop underwater mm. and, uh, and a dancer, uh, in front of it. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty special moment in the, uh, in the film. There's lots of other stuff that I, I really love, but, but somehow I think cinematically that one felt very, very satisfying to me as a, as a filmmaker. What you just heard were interviews with each member of the Aquanova Collective, musicians at Aphimini and dancer Kate Kenny, artistic director Don Maynard, and videographer Josh Lyon. Be sure to check out Aquanova for free at the Isabel on September 10th and 11th from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. And check out their website at aquanovacollective.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Kingston Curator, and be sure to keep listening to CFRC 11.9 FM to keep up with all your local arts. Bye-bye!